We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Newcastle are not bottom of the league. Newcastle, quite brilliantly, have a new manager, allegedly, hopefully, probably, maybe, in the form of Eddie Howe. And I, th- I think I'll come to you both for some initial quick thoughts to the result before we get into a lot more detail about the game, about the situation, about this football club of ours. Adam, start, mate. Thoughts on a 1-1 draw at Brighton? I think given how it, it sort of started out, I think a point has to be seen as a, as a, as a pretty good result from what we were watching in the first half. Um but I think ultimately it was just another example of a listless performance from a squad that is in desperate need of direction and reinvigoration because we, we're just a really, really poor footballing side and very, very easy to play against. And yeah, Eddie Howe, the new man coming in, has got a lot of work on his hands. I agree. Um, the the squad was crying out for some sort of direction. Um, you know, there's parts of me at the match where I was wanting Eddie Howe to just like drop down from the stands and 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 see what was going on because he was there. He was there. Just uh, eyes aren't dreaming or anything like that. Um, yeah, I mean, Graham Jones has seen us through a, a weird time and he's got two points. So I guess that's that's more than Steve Bruce was getting in a few of his his games. So um, it has to be has to be said that um, the stewardship is over. Let the new era begin. Yeah, I mean, Eddie Howe and I want to say Tyndall, something Tyndall, his coach, were in the stands. Jason. Jason Tyndall. Nice, Adam, to, from you to show the man the respect of learning his name, unlike myself. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it, it, it did feel a little bit new era off the pitch. You know, 3,100 away fans there, Brighton 530. If you wanted to get back to Newcastle upon time by train, you weren't allowed because Sky or BT or whoever covered the game dictated that their viewing schedule was more important than your right to sleep in your own bed. And we're going to talk about the day. Emil's going to talk to us much later on about what happened in the day and our weekend in Brighton. Of course, the Match Day podcast, which I recorded with my friends yesterday, is out on our Patreon platform, £5.50 per month for lots and lots of Newcastle United-related content. And it keeps this podcast going. So if you like what we do, please give us a try on that. We would appreciate it. You won't regret it. I'm going to talk about where we are, though, where we are right now, and I'm concerned, lads, and I'm I'm enthused, I'm invigorated, I'm behind the new owners, but I'm concerned because what I saw yesterday was not pretty. Newcastle United under Graham Jones, two points from three games, three difficult games. Palace are a good team; they've won again yesterday. They're in the top ten. Chelsea are an excellent team; they're still top of the league despite a disappointing home draw, disappointing for us uh, with Burnley. And then Brighton are clearly a good team. I think we all know that, even though I thought Brighton were quite poor yesterday. The concern is in those three games, lads, 
we've had we had two shots on target at Palace, but only one of them was a real shot. Uh, one shot on target against Chelsea, which I can't recall, and one shot on target yesterday. They are relegation stats. They if, <laughs> never mind having to score twice. If you can't have two shots between the goal frames twice, you aren't going to win many games. And this is where the concern comes in. And I still think we'll stay up. But my concern is what I saw yesterday, first 60, 65 minutes, what we saw against Chelsea, what we saw against Mosul Crystal Palace, is the worst team in the league. That is that is the worst team in the league. They are the worst performances in the league. Newcastle got much better after 60, 65 minutes yesterday. Brighton tailed off a little bit. Newcastle deserved credit for their end to the game. Well, not the very end of the game, but until the red card, end to the game. And, and, and there is plenty to work with. There is much to do for Howe. And I think that Howe will have been watching Newcastle United regularly, particularly in recent weeks. I'm sure he'd have identified it as a job um, takeover or no takeover that uh, could have seen his involvement. And he will have studied the team. We heard he interviewed very well. But he and Thingy Tyndall. Jason Tyndall. Um, they, they, they'll they be aware of the task in front of them, but I'll open it to you guys. The the task, to me, on the basis of what I've seen, not just yesterday, but across this season, the task is gargantuan. I think one of the things that we have to highlight is the lack of control that we have in football matches. And that, yes, that's partly linked to possession, and possession isn't everything. It really isn't in football. However... It starts to become a problem possession when when you do have it and then still don't do anything with it. When you have possession, you can have, you know, as Rafa Benitez always said, you, you know, you could have least possession. It's all about being efficient with with the ball when you do have it. So when you do have possession, can you be direct? Can you create chances? Can you trouble the goal? And we we're not even doing that. So it is concerning that we have so little possession that we and and you know Eddie Eddie Howe likes to, likes likes to retain the ball. He likes to have the ball. He likes to. You know, to defend. You know, defend. Attack best form of defense. Really, that is his philosophy. But it's it's going to be interesting to see how he gets this group of players being able to actually pass the ball to each other because that is just something that we are seemingly incapable of doing. And I think that's that's probably a, a huge task to to kind of just wrench control in games and actually maybe not dominate every game. And it certainly won't happen overnight. But it's it's more of about you know not having that first hour that we had yesterday where we were just there was there was no energy we weren't in their faces we just allowed them to come at us and we had no answer to it we couldn't get a foothold in the game and we we, we just couldn't we couldn't affect anything without the ball and we weren't able to stop them when they when they had the ball it was it was it was really dire it really really was we're back to that situation where you watch an entire game and Brighton were coming at us and after over and over again. Um, the players are just scared of, of going in for anything. There was a few occasions where I think everyone got a little bit riled and um, we were talking about this before, the, the, the crowd themselves were just shouting attack, attack, attack and you know the, the chance of getting to them. We were saying that that, that is quite a, a toxic chance to, to have at the players when the crowd are dictating what you are meant to do. The crowd were just like, we were just so sick of seeing the players continually... Um, walk away from from every single ball that Brighton were trying it was it was just awful to watch um so much so that many fans i think about the the half hour mark were were ready to just go back in for a pint because the bar was pretty good in Brighton um but it was yeah a case of just going like well what are we what 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 is the point what is the point of actually even standing there you know Lascelles just didn't bother going in for many challenges um 
there was just continually off the ball. It was just like, why why are you even on the pitch? It was just Row behind me, there was a young child who'd clearly been like really naughty or done something wrong because he'd been made to attend a Newcastle United away game. <laughs> and he was savage, standing on his seat consistently saying, tackle them, tackle them, please just tackle them. And it's like, he's fucking right. Because like, we've got a point and I'm grateful for that point and pleased. But that away end was angry yesterday at once again what was almost a capitulation. And it's like if Brighton on the balance of playing the first half and they didn't create much, had won three nil. If that one that's flashed across the face of goal goes in and it's two nil half time, there could have been no complaints from, from anyone I, f- I feel watching that game. And it's almost like we are I think I, I tweeted this, well like, you know, imagine Neil Warnock's not a borough anymore. But you know, like these managers in the Championship or League One, and they want to get promoted, and then they'll ask about the League Cup, and they kind of send a team out, and they, they want to get knocked out. That's how we play every week. We're like, we're not going to tackle you, we're not going to go for any second balls, we're not going to put our head in. The amount of times the ball bounces and the Brighton players first to it, but sticks his head in and gets the ball. We're not, you know, we're not going to um, press you. We're not going to try and take the ball from you. It's a very, very concerning way to play football, if indeed it is deliberate, and it must be deliberate because we've been watching it now for a long time, last 18 months or so since the start of the 1920 season, but deliberately this season. It's, we, we are unique. No other, no other team in the Premier League ever, maybe, plays like we play, and that's why the it's like Howe has got two weeks now, and that's a very fortunate two weeks, I feel. It's a two weeks that he's going to need, but it's going to be hard to change this mindset mindset of like compliance like what is your game plan that's what we go to the team and we will comply with your game plan we won't disrupt your game plan we won't try and make you think about our game plan it's this is your game plan we're here to comply and we'll try and keep you out and then if we'll have a shot from there on goal that will be seen as a success and graham jones i don't want to hammer him too much because he's come in he's taken two points out of three games, three tough games, and it sets us up better than no points in three games for the upcoming fixtures for the new manager. But he stood there and says Newcastle were excellent at full time. And it's like, if, if that is ex- <laughs> if that is excellent, I would hate to see we play badly. That's not the standard we want to work towards. I mean, it, it's I chatting with a mate at the game at Chelsea who noticed, you know, every time the, the ball came over the centre-backs, you know, instead of just cushion, you know, Clark just cushioning a little header down to, to, to Jamal ourselves to get the ball under control so we can build an attack. And he sort of noticed that every time that our centre-back comes anywhere near it, we just head it. Any any direction, it's, it's, it doesn't matter where it goes, it's almost just like short, it's always just, it's just, you know, sticky plaster solutions. It's just get the ball out quick and then we'll reset and we'll try and get the ball the second time. It's like, well, no, you've got, you, you've got a chance to take the ball off the opposition. Just use a bit of, use a bit of technique, use a bit of guile, use, use a bit of intelligence and composure to, to, to get it to your mate. And, and it, we saw the same thing happen at Brighton. They would knock a ball up. We would just head it wherever it would go. And guess what? Because we were pegged so far back, deep into our into our defensive third, they just they just squeezed us. They just kept pushing up, pushing up, pushing up. The fact that uh, Tariq Lamptey, that was his first game back, by the way. And, he, and he's caused his problems as well. If, if you remember the, the 3-0 at St. James's Park, I'm sure we've all tried to um, erase it from our memories. But he was fantastic that day. And he's... After coming out from a long, a long-term injury, for him to have be so, I mean, just he just he just attacked Matt Ritchie. Of course, he was going to do. He probably just watched what Reese James did, and then just did the same thing. He was going on the outside, 
and when he, he'd had a bit of fun down the outside, he started cutting inside and started causing us problems. And we it just there was no there was no there's no challenge to it, and it, it was just this relentless. We get the ball, can't hold it for five seconds. They come back at us. They they were playing like an elite team. They were, it, was, it was basically they played how Chelsea did in a way that they were just completely dominated. Didn't have to bother worrying about you know leaving too few players back because what because what counter attack are they trying to are they trying to prevent? We are going to move on to part two of the show in a second, where we'll talk a little bit more about what happens in the game um, and also the incident at the end, get Adam's view on all of that and much more. But I just want to finish part one by saying uh, we are now in dangerous territory, which I'm sure comes as a shock to either you two lads or anyone listening to this, in that um, there is only one side in Premier League history who have failed to win any of their first 11 games while it's been a 20-team league um, and stay up. Uh, Everton did it when it was a 22-team league, couple more games so it's not as relevant and that was Derby County under Jim Smith in the season either 99-2000 or 2000-2000 no it was 2000-2001 uh, they didn't win for 14 games and ended up staying up comfortably on 42 points so it can be done but more often than not it isn't so if Howe if it is to be Eddie Howe keeps us up with his coaching staff who no one knows the names of um it will be, you know, it'll be the second time in whatever 25 years of the Premier League, whatever, 30 years that it's been done. So it's a huge task and it's a massive ask. And that's why a point at Brighton is fantastic. But we have got to win some football matches and we've got to win them quick. Because the longer this goes on, the more cut adrift will be. You can't be six, seven points adrift in January and think two or three improvements for your first team are going to keep you up. So on that happy thought, even, um, we're going to come back for part two after these adverts. Part two of the True Faith podcast. Adam, let's talk about what went right since we've talked about much that was wrong. Newcastle got back into the game. A very good goal. Kind of, you'd have to say, the last 20 minutes of the game was far more even. Why do you, Was it as simple as we've got to go back from nowhere and the balance of the game changed? Or was there anything else like you saw that made Newcastle's performance better? Yeah, good question. I, th- I think part of it probably was... Um... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I imagine um, a fallout of Graham Jones's frustrations at halftime. I think we have to assume that, g- given the fact that in the second half, we did play with a bit more energy. 
like you say, it wasn't as one-sided. I mean, the first half was just insanely one-sided, but there was a lot more impetus in that second half. We seemed a little bit more determined to get a hold of the game and to, to trouble them because we just hadn't we hadn't done that at all um, in the first half. So, but yeah, it's, it, 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 like you said, it's still been like listless for about an hour, but yeah, the, the quality of the goal that we did score probably gave us a, so much more confidence. And I think there was something else there as well, actually. The, the goal itself was absolutely tremendous. If you want to chat about that, I think it's... Um, you know, as Richie knocked a, absolutely flighted a beautiful ball up, and I think the, it's almost like the wind kind of carried the world was sw- sw- wind was swirling around that stadium uh, yesterday. And you notice uh, Sanchez, who I'd been saying all day uh, had, a, had a mistake in him, but we'll get onto that later. Um, but the, the, the wind carried it. Kieran Clark at the back post nodded it down. Hayden with just beautiful techniques just sort of strokes it in. It was yeah, it was a really clean goal and seemed to su- surprise everyone. But I think partly what what it did was the fact that because Brighton had been so dominant for an hour and had only come up and we mustered one goal, we'd been terrible. And then we came out in the second half and still didn't trouble them too much before the goal. And we've, we've out of nowhere, we've produced this, a goal of, of genuine quality. And I think that if, if anything, that just, that sapped the confidence out of Brighton because I think, We've given we've been giving them everything here for an hour, and they're level with us, and they've been terrible. And I think it was almost like our our poor performance sort of played into our hands psychologically, because I think that I think that troubled Brighton, and I think that that sort of affected them. Yeah. Um, and whereas Basuma and Lalana had been given basically just free reign in that midfield, yeah, we were st- we we were getting we were starting to get you know beating them to the ball um, in little duels and. It would just seem to be a bit more, we were just a bit more assertive in that second half. And we, I think we grew in confidence after that goal as well. And it was a kind of simultaneously, we grew in confidence there. I think their confidence got, got pulled away from them simply because we realised we were level with a very, very poor side. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, the spirit of Mordi Amir was definitely strong at the Amex uh, last night. Um, in terms of the it's goal, it's weird. So it's not, <laughs> he's, he's still out there somewhere. Um, um, yeah, no, it was. It, Adam's right. Um, Brighton did have the run of the game for, what, like 60 minutes or so. Um, and, and yeah, the, the fact that the goal came out of nowhere definitely took everyone by surprise. I think um, even I was looking around going, oh, have we actually scored? Like... Um, I didn't see it coming for one second, um, and, and and that's the the strange thing about it. We didn't know where the goal was going to come from. The fact that it had to come from uh, Isaac Hayden is is mad. Um, he only ever seems to get these random goals in these random situations. Um, but yeah, um, the confidence that Brighton was shown for the majority of the game it did get sapped a little bit. Uh, certainly, as we went on to the the red card, uh, losing the keeper was a was a big big thing for them. I'm just annoyed that we couldn't capitalise on that. There was like every single time that we seemed to have a chance. Uh, Shelby with his free kick that he decided to sky uh, corners towards the end. We just once again Newcastle seemed to get these gifts out of nowhere. And then um, they just don't use them. They just don't decide to go. Oh well, we could we could win this. It's like ah, no, no, no. Let, let's let's sit back and let's let's yeah. take a bit more pressure. Um, the, the, they've got no risk people. Sorry, risk people. Um, guys who are, are willing to take risks want to see something with this with the new regime when um, Howell comes in. Want to see someone who's um, looking to make some 
difference in the game. Um, I know Dwight Gale came on. Um, it's good to see that he's yeah yeah. The spirit of Dwight Gale is definitely there. Uh, he's he's not there either. But I think there was there was like the the support seemed a little bit more galvanised when when Gale came on. It was like right okay, get a striker on there. Let's go for it. I mean they were even they were even cheering on Joe Linton. Um, it was like if anyone can do anything in this situation, go for it because we're just so so deprived of any sort of like surprise at this yeah. point. I think two things in the second half happened which helped. I think Isaac Hayden changed into a different footballer. You got this isn't just because he scored, but it makes it an easier point to accentuate because he scored. Hayden is at times our worst player when he's scared on the ball, when he asks for the ball off a centre back, then pops it back to the centre back under no pressure. When he, you know, gives gifts possession away, when he gets booked early on in games, it really limits him. But I, the best of Isaac Hayden is getting into players, pressuring them, making them go backwards, and he is good at it when he is afforded the opportunity to do it. Can't do it by himself, that's the issue. Can't do it by himself, needs support from teammates. And he, I think, drove the team in the second half. And that's what I want to see from him. He's not the most technically gifted footballer. You could you could probably make an argument that he's maybe not Premier League level in terms of technical ability, but what he, what he does have is an understanding of the game. He can read the game. And he makes other players do things they don't want to do. And in the second half, I feel like he was like, fuck this, this is shit. And was like, let's try and at least make Brighton do things they don't want to do. You know, Kieran Clark gives away the penalty. We haven't really talked about that. I don't think it's a penalty. Alan Shearer makes a good point at match of the day last night that the referee has to watch it on the video eight times before deciding it's the clear and obvious error. Uh, the player, like, basically, the, 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 there was contact but there's not enough contact to stop the player. He falls down afterwards. That was really disappointing. The red card, we may as well talk about that in a little bit more detail. Really shit for us and everyone listening that we've been denied that win on the basis of that. Uh, you don't blame the keeper for bringing us down. The referee, by the way. What what does the referee think's happened? Callum Wilson's going to put the ball in the net with an open goal, but decides to fall down because he's trying to get the keeper sent off. Madness. Madness. Um... But yeah, I mean, Adam, you know, Emil touching it a little bit there, and the um, you know the red card and what happened after it, after seeing progression for like 15, 20 minutes, it was back to frustration, wasn't it? After that red card, well, yeah, because we had the, we had the free kick and Shelby steps up, and you just think they've got Lewis Duncan goal. You know, the first time this has happened since Jose Enrique, I think, uh, at St James's Park against Liverpool, um, def- opposition defender having to go in net, and you just think just. Just get get a shot on target. That's the most important thing. Just t- test him. We've got a couple. We've got a few minutes left. Test him, and then he just flights this. <laughs> he fights this ball up to the back post, and it's just like, well, suddenly you've created a situation where maybe it's not even fifty fifty that we retain possession from this because you've 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 given Brighton an opportunity to to control the ball and get it away, and that's exactly what happened. And you just think for once, John Joe. Just hammer it at goal and see if Duncan stop it because that is not a trained goalkeeper in in net. Like treat him as such. Have a shot. Just visit towards the middle of the box at least, so that there could be any kind of deflection or a bit of pinball going on. We needed to do something, and that I think that almost just like just drained any hope we had of me because there was a point, and yeah, we had a couple of corners after that as well, and obviously Gale coming on a bit of a, a bit of an extra attacker on, but. You kind of just think that the trajectory of that second half that we were, we were close. I think. I think honestly, if we'd played for an extra sort of five ten minutes, we might have had it. We might have 
<laughs> we might have had a shot on target, yeah, yeah. But obviously, you know, as it, as it was, one shot on target in the whole game. You talked about shots on target before. It just it just wasn't it wasn't good enough. You know, we, we, there was there was a comfortable like you know five minutes where they didn't have a goalkeeper, a recognised goalkeeper, and we didn't trouble them. And that's it's, are we just not even capable? <laughs> are we just not capable? That, that's really worrying, isn't it? The fact that they had an opposition goalkeeper and we didn't do anything. It was it was almost like Newcastle thought, oh, hang on a minute, we, we better go easy on him. You know, he's he's, never, he's not done this before. Um, you know, let's give Doug a chance. Um, he's a young lad. It was the spirit again, the spirit of Steve Bruce, who isn't dead either, uh, was 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 very strong there. Um, I mean, it, it it just sums it up. I'm getting more depressed the more that Adam spoke. It's nothing against you, Adam, but it's like it's the fact that we literally had someone in net and we had ten men to play against. They say it's difficult to play against ten men, but Newcastle probably make it look difficult to play against one man. Um, it's like they go, oh, oh god, can't do that. Careful now, come on, let's uh, let's take our time. I just there's no urgency. Um, and yeah, someone made a point on Twitter this week that John Joe Shelby looks like the type of player that will hate Eddie Howe, and that makes them quite happy. It kind of makes me happy. He's, he's going to be under another Rafa regime, isn't he, where he's going to be expected to work, um, and, and chances like that will not go unpunished. Um, what was he doing? It just it, it just frustrates me so much that we get into those opportunities, like I said before, and, and no one is willing to, to do anything with it. Um, I don't know what the players are thinking at the minute. It's almost like they don't want to win. And if Isaac Hayden's the only person driving that, then we're in big trouble. I think I think John Joe for me is a necessary evil. You know, the, there are some forward passes with him in the team that again could change under how um, for a number of reasons. In terms of the John Joe cross, to me, it, it wasn't cowardice as such. It's just it's just a group of players who have been given like three tactics: stand off the opposition. Hit the ball to the back post long when you can and try and get a knockdown. And well, two, but I can't think of any more than other three. I've got two because I can't see anything else that they do. Um, and it was just kind of like it's like a lack of it's like a lack of thought process. There was no, there's no. In fact, I'd say there's no, like well, there's none from anyone like in in game understanding or management. Adam, I think it comes down to preparation as well. You know, I think I think a proper manager. Would say right in this scenario, if we are down to if if the opposition keeper gets sent, you know, we would have we would have almost like a playbook for different scenarios and matches. And I think because we don't, we haven't had that level of uh, detail in our management and coaching for, for for years now. We we didn't know what to do when we had a good chance to get at them. We didn't have a plan. It was like okay, they're down to ten men. How do we make the most of this? How do we exploit them? I don't think we had an answer to that. There was no solution prepared at all. And I think. Eddie Howe is somebody who comes in and does think about those things. He'll, he'll obsess over the details. And I, and I think it's absolutely what this squad needs. But we didn't know what to do when they got sent out. We didn't know. Yeah. We didn't know how to make use of it. I don't know if anyone's been watching Ted Lasso, but they work on separate players when uh, one of those players was an American football player. So maybe that's what Newcastle need to try and do. They need to try and get into these, like Adam says, um, these 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 situations. And I, I feel as though Howe's almost got like a, a collection, like a record collection that he will pull out. He'll be like, well, this is what we tried once at Bournemouth. He'll have a look at that. Um, I'm just I know I know we're not really going to do a full on how praise podcast here, but I'm just excited to see a manager who's going to come in with a different idea because we are still, as I said, living under the shadow of of Steve Bruce. It's a big shadow, uh, <laughs> and Graham Jones is is part of that. We're about to see the final removal of the Ashley era, and and, and with how coming in, we're going to see someone who, like you say, obsesses over the game. 
the amount I've seen him talk in his um, his Sky interviews and stuff, um, the, the stuff that I've seen him do at Bournemouth, the the mic'd up video. I know that people are saying that this is like a, a Sunday manager setup, um, but ultimately, the fact is, I don't think we've actually had even Sunday manager standard for the last couple. Well, of Bruce years. doesn't work on Sunday, does he? He doesn't work on a Sunday. <laughs> or Monday. He's in Portugal at that or point. Or Tuesday. Um, but yeah, no. How how speaks so so well, um, and he, his his own fitness is priority as well. Uh, he takes care of himself. He takes care of the players. I'm just I'm just really excited to see a bit of nurturing from the new staff. And Are you um, saying the players need a dad? Pretty much, yeah, yeah. A parent, <laughs> parent to come in and say, "Look, it's okay." Um, you have to train. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, he's going to rile a few people up, and I, I kind of respect that in a way because I just want to see something happen. Um, and I would love to see a plan. Frustration from me, by the way, and just because I know everyone's going to be digging out Jondra because that's ultimately what Jondra is for. Um, Richie, by the way, with the corner in the last minute, you know, and, and this is. Fortunately for me, I'm recording on the Match Day podcast saying I'm saying you you've got to play this corner this corner this corner short, engineer a position to have a man less where Sir Maxman gets the ball on the edge of the box because you know he will shift it and get a shot on goal. Whereas the corner, and I think Richie was aiming for the keeper with the corner, but it doesn't clear the first man, well second man, and it's like again, it's just bar, it's it's not thinking on our feet. And to finish off this little part of the show major frustration for me isn't just the set pieces against 10 men and in the set pieces are the obvious things you look at because they're opportunities to get the ball near the goal it's the fact that we still you know we didn't just go hell for leather we didn't just think we've got a man more we're going to press you to fuck we're going to get the ball back if anything Brighton had more of the ball down to 10 men and that again it's it's very difficult from to just blame the coach and staff and say they should have made the players do this because the players have to take take responsibility out there but where was um you know, where was the like it's worth going for this here and hoying everyone forward and everyone after this ball and there's a ten percent chance of getting beat to grab three points which are massive for this team and this club at the minute. And it I wouldn't call it cowardice because that's unfair, but it's not far off. I had the plan. Brighton had the plan that Adam was on about. Brighton were prepared for if they got the keeper sent off. And I know it's like a one in a million chance that you happen to have like Lewis Duncan goal, but they probably were on the trade. Graham Potter probably said, right, everyone try out in goal, see what you like. You know, he, he I feel as though he's the type of manager who would not, say... Not that it matters though, does it? No. could have been... It's like, but that's it. I, I think had no hands. It was, it was prepared for any situation. And, and I think that's where Brighton, Brighton just completely have our trousers down every single time. We'll be back with um, some kind of more general discussion about Newcastle's position and a discussion about what it was like in Brighton this weekend and what the away end was like after these. It's part three of the True Faith podcast. We are in Brighton. We do have a point. We do have a new manager. The world could be much, much worse for us at the minute, although it's pretty bad. 19th in the league. Emil, you know, tell the listeners and the viewers uh what you know what your weekend has been like what has what has it been like to you what's the vibe been of the thousands of Newcastle United supporters in this city this weekend um well having been to the last two away games uh absolute ultra that I am another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Uh, or, or turbo fan that someone uh, described us on the train down. And then I realised that True Faith is actually TF, so it looks like we are literally Newcastle turbo fans from now on. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's um, it, it's it's it, there's a real optimism. I think that everyone's in a bit of a light, well, doesn't matter because we're all right. I know that the the uh, position that we're in in the league at the minute is is pretty pretty crap. But um, yeah, I think there's a, there's a, just an idea that it's going to get better. You know, um, everyone's in a bit of a forgiving mood. We didn't really have that about four weeks ago or beyond. Um, everyone's patience was was really thin, and I know it's really thin still. But everyone seems to be in that mood where we're like, well. It's bad, but it's going to get better. And and when it does get better, we'll we'll absolutely love it. We'll we'll have a, a, a great time. But the um, yeah, the the vibe of the the fans. I think everyone's just in a bit of a, a, a fuck it mode. You know, it's like wait, well, you know, it's a free pass every single game. I know that we shouldn't be treating each game like that, but everyone's in that that zone where they're thinking, well, yeah, let's just see what happens. But it seemed like that at Palace, everyone was just like buzzing with a point because it's the best thing that we're going to get at the minute. We're, we're not, I can't remember what three points feels like. I can't remember when we last won. I mean, I've not been in a ground where Newcastle have won since January 2020. Um, last time um, Isaac Hayden scored. Yeah, exactly. Again, <laughs> once again, the good times are returning to um, St. James's Park against Brentford. Um, yeah, that, 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 that sums it up. Um, and it's just such a shame that we we haven't got that feeling. I mean, I know that the the two years that we've had in lockdown haven't exactly helped, but we are just I, I used the word before deprived, deprived of any joy, deprived of anything else. I think Newcastle fans are just like happy to see each other. Um, the amount of people who've who've connected throughout lockdown, um, who are meeting up and being like, oh, it's just just nice to see you. You know what I mean? I hope everything's all right. Um, it's a day out, and and that's it at the minute. We had a nightmare getting down, didn't we, Adam? It was um, horrendous. But like, like if you if you picked like you know we were saying about the playbook of things that sh- shouldn't happen, we didn't have any preparation for what was going on. Maybe we needed to speak to Eddie Howe in order to get down to the south coast because he's a bit of a specialist in this area. Um, but yeah, it was it was a nightmare, wasn't it, Adam? Yeah. So we um, <laughs> yeah we got the half seven train down from from Newcastle to King's Cross. Zipped across the Thameslink to go south of the coast. Literally, and, we, and as well. <laughs> we, we were just about to get on it. It was fine. We were in plenty of time, making really good time. And um, yeah, a, a poor woman had dropped half a buggy down down the gap between the between the platform and the train. Um, it was metal. The tracks were electrified. The train was about to leave. We were we were trying to flag the, the stewards down. We're like, no, no, no. And then she just kept on, you know, announcing the train off. And like, oh no, no. Eventually. Uh, there was a there was a fifty five minute delay while a, a number of uh, workers um, came down, stroking their chins and pointing at uh, the the obstacle that was preventing the train from leaving. So yeah, we lost an hour there, and then there was a there was a bit of there was a bit of um, gridlock around um, Gatwick as well. But we finally made it to Brighton. We finally made it. We 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 and we went, we went to the, the, wrong, went hotel. To the wrong hotel. <laughs> jury's in. Jury's in. I've got because there's two juries in. One's by the seafront. Uh, we went to the wrong one. We had to go back up the the other one's right next to the train station. So we got some steps in at least. Um, but yeah, I, I found the I found the, the actual town. We, we found a good pub. I found the t- town quite a good vibe. There was some good Saturday markets on. I, I don't know. It's just like quite. We said. A, well, didn't we say something like uh, Tynemouth on speed? 
basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. Like, it's like time off, but tackier and a, a bit, a bit wilder. And uh, yeah, we, we walked walked all the way back through uh, like a street market that was going on. People staring, staring, um, selling like limbs and stuff like that. It was just it was one of those mad ones where everything was on the floor. And it was like, what? Are, what? Where are we? We're going to the match later. What's going on? I, mean, I, I managed to get about seven miles walking in yesterday. <laughs> considering I spent the majority of the day. Like like on public transport is quite impressive, but I thought um, just a note on the away end. I thought I think I think Alex is right. There was a bit of frustration there, even there. But then I think also you're right as well. There was kind of a sense that well, you know, it is about to get better. We can see the light at the end of the tunnel now. Our new our new manager is in the stands. I think that gave people a lift. But I thought I thought the away end was absolutely tremendous yesterday. I really did. Like we 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 sang relentlessly and actually I think the, the, our best moment as away fans was after we conceded the penalty there was no there was no there was barely any shouting or swearing it was straight in a chant get get behind the lads back them back them back them and I think it's I don't know it's almost like we wanted to show the world that and show Eddie how you know what, what this what this club's about what we're all about and like even in adversity like we're there we are here it's terrible yet we're still here imagine what it's going to be like we're actually winning a football match, you know. Um, but I thought we were. I thought the, the, what we need is we need the players to match the performance. I think of the away fans in in, in, in the stand last night. I thought we. I thought as collectively, we were absolutely tremendous. I was going to say once again, just to just continue my thread of the the show here. Uh, the spirit of Rafa, Rafa Benitez was uh, alive with the fans. It was very much like a, an idea that we wanted to prove a point. The only thing I was disappointed was there wasn't one chant for how it, it, it kind of got going, but didn't really get yeah, going. The only one he's was not, he's not. He's, he's no, not but, being announced. Know, but come on, man, we're deluded. Come on, we're deluded fans. We're, we're just excited to see something. I've never, I've never sung the Carl Darlow song so many times in my life, but it was, it was great. Yeah. I think everyone was so behind Darlow because he needed the support because the players just weren't providing it. I think you know, good points made by all, but the, I think the, there was more frustration than maybe you, you guys think. The team were booed off at halftime, and right, and rightly so. That doesn't happen very often at away games, and that brings me on to the final point to finish the show. As much as I enjoy your company, as much as we like doing this, we like going to the games, it is fucking dreadful at the minute. Like, we are the worst team I've ever seen. And I'm serious. Like, we are the worst football team I've ever seen. And it's like, for sections of the media, we don't want to get into this again, but I'm going to touch on it. Sections of the media to say, Steve Bruce was hard done by and he's done a good job. This is the worst Newcastle United team I've ever seen. The teams that Newcastle United had in the championship would hammer us at the minute. Like, I, and I assume you guys and everyone listen, I need this to get better. Like, I can't keep turning up to games and seeing this, like, pathetic capitulation football. Like, it, it's it's a disgrace. Like, what we turn out is a disgrace. And I have every confidence it's going to get much, much better. New manager new owners, new direction. It's almost like, and this is probably bullshit, but it's almost like if the takeover hadn't gone through, like, we we would just be relegated already because it was like the Ashley era and the Bruce era at the club were getting so much worse, so much more quickly, that, like, we are are already on the brink. And I, you know, hear some stuff on social media, people say, if we get relegated, we'll just come back up. It's not that easy. Great owners, bad owners like Ashley, indifferent owners, it's just not that easy. And, like, I'm pleased we got a point. 
and it's nice to come to Brighton and it's a lovely city um, and it's about six degrees warmer than Newcastle. Um, it was lads lads in that market yesterday in shorts. Love it. Um, but like fucking hell, I, I and how and the owners, they'll, they'll feel this and they'll know this. And I'm sure everyone listening knows this. It's nice to get a point, but we are a disgrace. Yeah, I think it's important that we remind people that that's what's going on because um, it, it is a, a really dire situation. But I think that it's important that we've got fan media to to push the idea that, that Bruce definitely has damaged this club. Um, said it after Palace that, that there's a long route back to recovery. It's almost like the entire club needs to go into rehab, um, which I'd recommend. <laughs> it would be good to get them in there. Um, but yeah, it's it's just totally... I mean, you're saying about booing off at half-time. I wasn't even there by that point because I'd, I'd, I'd gone back in me me and uh, Doug who we were with we just said oh, you know what this, this this isn't worth it and, and we're going to the toilets and Brighton are putting up little thank you messages for travelling this far it, and it's like yeah god we've come all this way we've, we've spent this money to, to come and sit in the juries in and, and talk about this utter drivel that we're getting served and and yeah I, I mean maybe my optimism is, is, is there because of the takeover and I think a, a lot of fans are clinging on to that purely because it's the only thing that we've got at the minute um but yeah, it's 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 disastrous. I mean, it, it's mad that we were in the pub beforehand watching the fact that Norwich were winning and we were like, oh, good. And I, again, I had to kind of look at you, Alex, because your, your idea with that is that, that that's good for Newcastle. It's like, I guess, but it still causes like everyone to lose their minds and and it will do for a few weeks. I don't know how you are on this, Adam, but it's like, it's it's scary, isn't it? Look, I think as a, as, a, as, a, as a fan base, we've been extremely tolerant and we've been, and we just deserve, we, we, we deserve, we deserve better. We deserve better performances. We deserve, yeah, a football a club that tries, you know? And, and I think as I am buoyed by, by Howe's arrival, but He's almost going to have to reset, reboot every single person in that squad, make them forget everything that they've they've heard and seen and learned in the last two years, and start a fresh, clean slate. And that's as you've alluded to before, Alex. That seems like quite a, quite an impossible task to just expect that to happen, and it, and it will not happen overnight. But it's that is what needs to happen. We need to un unremember Bruce Ball. And it's it's difficult when they've been training on and off some lots of days off the last two years. But we need we need a we need a, ref, a refreshment, don't we? Totally agree. And I think it's not just about tactics. It's not just about training, and it's not just about results. It's like an expectation issue. You know, Bruce for years has stood has stood at the end of Newcastle losing two 0 to Villa. This season, and saying we played well, stood there after being beaten two 0 could have been ten 0 against Manchester City on Boxing Day last season. Saying Newcastle were excellent, Jones there yesterday saying Newcastle were excellent. No, they weren't. They were fucking shite in all three games, and that's okay to admit it to yourself is the most important part. And again, I don't be too harsh on Jones because he might be saying things he thinks are beneficial to the future. But ultimately, there has been an acceptance of failure, and too many of those players are comfortable with defeat. That for me is going to be as hard of a change for how than anything tactical and anything technical. On that note, this has been the True Faith Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, you know where we are. We're on Patreon. We do loads more of the type of thing week in, week out. We have done for three years now. And uh, 
Don't forget, we are nominated yeah. for Best Fan Media at the FSA Awards. Go and vote. Alex's tweet was really good. He'll probably retweet that. Someday. Well, I'll put a link in the, the description of this podcast. We've been nominated, as Emil says, for Best Fan Media um, at the FSA Awards, which is uh, very humbling considering the esteemed company in which we're in in that nomination list. Let's let's go and see Newcastle United win something. Take us to the FSA Awards. If, um, well, I was going to say it was, you'll never sing that. FSA fan yeah, media. You'll never, never sing that. that. <laughs> right, we're going to finish this now. Thanks for listening, everyone. We will be, we'll have, we'll have some free podcasts out before the international break, but obviously the big one's next. How's first game? Brentford at home. Speak to you all then. Cheers. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.